Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode number eight zero. Does media have influence on your children? What I mean by media, like um, tablets, TV, commercials, videos. My son loves YouTube kid videos. We also talk about having the conversation about media with your children with my guest, Dr. Adam Plutter from iParenting 101, next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I really want to say thank you for being here. You choosing to spend time listening means a lot. Hey, and if this is your first time, welcome to the podcast. I really do appreciate you. Really do. Today, I um, up next, my guest, Dr. Adam Platter from iParenting 101. Dr. Platter is an expert in kids with online media and screen time. I had a conversation in a past episode, and I brought him back because I was actually watching the – it's kind of cool watching my son interact with media and, and watching the influence of media on him, and I found it very interesting. It – and this topic kind of hits home. Like I said, I watch my son watch TV and all of a sudden he's, you know, wants to do this or wants to buy that or, you know, all of a sudden he wants to play football or basketball or it's just kind of cool to watch. I, and um, the reason why I came up with this topic is um, somebody sent me a link to an article on babycenter.com and um, it was about screen time with kids. And I'm like, ah, oh, this would be a great topic to talk about. So I invited back. Dr. Plutter to have this conversation and and to share some of his insights about media and and have a great discussion and this is a really good conversation so let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Plutter. Thanks so much for having me back. Oh, it's great. I mean, <laughs> thank you for you coming back. I appreciate it. And the reason this topic really, I really want to bring you back is something came up and I looked on a website and one of the article from a website and. Some of the stuff I see interesting happening with my son, the influence of the power of media and social media and digital digital world. And being a parent, because, you know, cell phones and tablets and everything, it's like, oh, wow. It's, it's interesting to talk about. Well, I, I talk about it all day long in my <laughs> office, and I travel around speaking about it to uh, caring communities. Uh, so I agree fully. Very interesting to talk about. But what is, what is one thing that... Um, kids like when parents need to know about when kids are using tablets and 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 um watching the videos and how are the influence in the kids well that's uh, a great question um i'll try to be as uh, specific as i can to try to answer that but i'm going to take a step back and kind of talk about just briefly how the internet you know started whatever it was 30 whatever years ago 40 years ago as a way of disseminating and sharing information. That's really how the internet started. And I think about that sometimes when it comes to now we have a generation of kids who have grown up with this very internet sharing, not just military, because I think it started as a military service um, originally through the government. Um, You know, kids don't care about anything like that. They're sharing entertainment, uh, social, relationships back and forth, uh, social relationships from uh, school that they know, from a baseball team, from a whatever, 
uh, and social relationships with people they're, they're meeting online, some of which could be perfectly healthy and acceptable, some of which are more, um, you, you know, parents and kids need to be skeptical and, and careful about how they're connecting with people that they don't know. In terms of influence, the same is true, that the uh, didn't just start with the internet, uh, but as we're sharing more and more information and pictures and just, you know, swaths of data um, around the internet, uh, it, it's very clear to me that there is influence, that uh, people are become very, very famous and rich sharing gaming tips, sharing fashion tips, you know, you name the topic and there are uh, experts, influencers, social media influencers out there now. Um, and again, where I begin is that it did not start with the Internet. I can remember back, I grew up in the 1980s, certainly things on TV, on the radio, music. You know, I was pretty young, but I remember being sort of think I remember thinking about, you know, why people why certain trends would start. Why, you know, I remember in 1980. 1984, Michael Jackson's Beat It came out, or Thriller. <laughs> and I remember, like, just random, I would see these older teenagers walking around with these weird uh, <laughs> gloves, or the, those jackets that, you know, with the big shoulder pads. And, and so it's not really what you're asking me, but I go back to that because that was back then before any internet, and people certainly were picking up on trends, especially young kids, mm-hmm. teenagers. And now, it's very much the same thing. It's just uh, and an exponentially larger scale because that's what the internet does. It's a network where everything expands. Every every connection, there's multiple connections that feed off of that. And so when we're talking about influence on kids, it's absolutely normal, developmentally appropriate. Again, I'm not a tech expert. I always like to remind people this. Um, I'm a child <laughs> psychologist. And so developmentally, it's absolutely healthy and normal for kids to want to seek out what is the trend, what is the latest game, what is the information that's going to give me power or even control over my life when it comes to what I have to manage at age 12 or 6 or whatever age. It really comes back to sharing of all of this information. It's interesting to watch, too. I mean, I like I said, I have a six-year-old son, and, and watch him play certain games. This thing called Roblox. Is a it's a and it's um a bunch of games on there and I'm like I, I'm watching I'm like what can my son with a tablet and all of a sudden I see him in a room and, and he's throwing money around like this I'm like oh I mean I, I'm, it's a six year old doing that and and, and um, I had to change the settings we couldn't get into that kind of stuff because I think it has a bad influence on us. Well, it certainly has an influence. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve that judgment. You're the parent. Yep. Uh, it could be a bad influence. Uh, it certainly is an influence, uh, which goes back to your earlier point. So it's a great example. And Roblox is something I hear about all the time. It's a network of games, as far as I can understand. It's not just one thing. It's, uh, there's a chat feature. There's all kind of different amazing opportunities. Again, access to the information, access to social connections, access to whatever the game uh, that any particular individual is interested in. It's the access that we're talking about here that it, that has a direct impact of the influence. So the 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 data is influencing our kids. That what's out there, what is it that they're interested in? So if he's going around throwing around dollars, <laughs> I guess really not real money, but virtually, you know, I don't know what game that was, but I guess it, it struck your eyes as eh, I'm not sure if this is appropriate, and you took the corrective action, the appropriate responsible action as a parent. 
in this crazy digital world to hopefully talk to him, explain why, and for now, set certain limits that will keep him safe and learn to regulate. And hopefully at some point, this idea of regulation will start to click in for him. Again, he's still quite young, but that he's going to then be able to make those kind of judgment calls where I don't, you know, that room, when I go in there, I get a lot of weird questions from weird, what seem like weird people because weird people are out there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he, and hopefully we're teaching our kids, even though they know uh, way more than we do when it comes to the digital world and they feel really comfortable where we're kind of skeptical. The idea is that we're raising future adults. I say this all the time. And so ultimately your six year old is going to be 16 in 10 years. And 26 and 20 years, sorry, not to freak you out, (laughs) that's basic math. And the internet is still going to be here in some other amazing form that I can't even fathom right now. And it's going to be his job to regulate and make those kind of judgment calls. And so our job as parents is to teach how to navigate his way through that type of influence and navigate his way through in a safe, productive way. That's interesting too, but how much is too much screen time? Yeah, I, I can't answer that. Um, very, very common, good question. Um, you could throw in at what age should you get a cell phone to? We could talk about them both as questions I can't really answer, but we could talk about lots of factors that go to this. In general, I would say too much screen time depends on the type of screen time, number one, mm-hmm. and depends on what they're doing. Spent a good day of my day yesterday in front of a screen watching football. Mm-hmm. Don't, is that screen time watching TV? I would say it is. Does it feel like screen time the same as if I'm holding my phone? It doesn't feel the same, but it, it is still taking in information from some source, some media source that my brain has to process. And when we're talking about young kids processing all this information all day long, where often their bodies are not moving. Their thumbs are moving quite a bit often. Their eyeballs are moving across the screen. But, you know, after, you know, sometimes I think about this after, you know, I'm sitting on my couch scrolling through. I'm working technically, but there, there'll be times, I said this last week in an interview, where there are times where I notice my hand has fallen asleep, just by <laughs> keeping, it up, keeping my phone up. And it strikes me as interesting because. Like, I, I'm not doing that on purpose. I don't realize my hand is up in the air for 20 minutes at a clip, but that's not, my, that's not how my body was designed. That's not my, how the circulatory system on my body, in my arm is designed. Maybe someday in another whatever amount of years, the human will evolve in a way where our circulation will work better when we're holding screens above our heart. But right now, it causes my hand to fall asleep. So to your question, you know, how much is screen, how much is too much screen time? I would include all those factors, including lack of physical activity and anything for more than a half an hour, hour, depending on their age, adding schoolwork where they're doing, you know, they're on screens most of the day, at least around here. Mm-hmm. I'm outside of DC and um, I have two kids, one's in high school, one's in middle school, and they're both on screens for the majority of their day on and off screens. And then their homework is on screens. And So it really becomes like a diet of, you know, when we talk about screen time, you know, screen time is part of our lives now Mm -hmm. and it's not going away. Uh, And it's amazing to be clear, you know, there's a lot of positives that come with the screen time. uh, And I, you know, often think about 
how, you know, the fact that we could even have this connection that you and I have created over these years and have this type of interview where you're in Massachusetts, I believe I'm in Maryland, <laughs> right? Yep. Like, technology is amazing, but there's a cost. And so I often talk about the trade-offs involved, you know, uh, compromises, you give things up to get things in return. Having uh, the digital world uh, certainly has a lot of positives and there are negatives. And we just want to make sure that the positives outweigh the negatives when it comes to screen time, when it comes to giving their, giving our child a phone for the first time, you know, we're, op we're opening up this new world and giving them access. Have you ever seen in your practice, have you seen any bad, be bad behaviors from kids who are having too much screen? Um, every day. Every day. Uh, yeah, it depends on when you say bad. You know, again, my practice over the last 10 years has uh, become more specialized where I work with lots of screen related uh, concerns as, you know, my name has gotten out there as someone who does this type of work um, where it comes to, you know, addiction, it comes to bad judgment calls where, you know, kids are not, you know, young kids, especially teenagers and young kids are not designed to make lots of important judgments all day long comes to safety when it comes to these trade-offs. And so, you know, I don't know if, you, if you're looking for an example, but yes, I, I see uh, questionable and compromising behavior every day in my office, or at least talked about in my office, not actually happening in my office. There's one thing, example, I, I noticed too, I'm like my, I took my son to, um, you know, obviously screen time, virtual reality, arcade, to put that thing, um, goggles on. Yep, and yep. I, and I noticed, and this is, I, I think this is from, from using the iPad too much is he wants to change the game every five seconds. I want a new game. I want a new game. So it's like I I, I take that from using the Apple iPad to going there. It's he, he's he wants to change quickly, quickly, quickly all the time. Yeah. Well, and again, without getting into too much of you know what's going on with the, with your individual son, yeah, uh, it's a very common thing what you're just describing and speaks to, you know, we had the MTV generation. I often, you know, I'm mm -hmm. speaking to digital immigrant parents, mm -hmm. parents who did not grow up with the internet. So I often go back to the eighties. <laughs> I grew up and there was a concern back then about, you know, MTV and the videos and attention spans going down where, you know, constantly uh, shifting our attention. Cause that's what we do. We shift attention back and forth as humans. We are shifting our attention very quickly back then in the 80s from what this video to that video um, and that you add in video games, which also became, uh, really came to life in the 1980s, you know, music. And it's a lot of stimulation coming at our kids, at us. And um, what happens is uh, certain kids are more vulnerable to sort of getting habituated where the le level of stimulation doesn't feel novel anymore. The dopamine in the brain goes down just slightly. There's a bit of a trough, and then you're looking for more. And that's part of where the addictive piece comes in because it's very similar to gambling or to other be addicting behaviors or substances where there becomes a tolerance, where what was stimulating you uh, last week or last year or last month doesn't quite hit you in the same way, doesn't quite get that high or that excitement that you were experiencing at one point. And so then you need to shift to something else or go to a higher dose or a higher, a more stimulating thing. And so that, you know, people would call that tolerance. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking in terms of addiction, you need, a, you know, more of the substance or the behavior to get a similar feeling. That's tolerance. It goes up. You need more. 
or withdrawal is the other piece of addiction, just to throw it in here, um, which is which could be seen as those tantrums that if you if you don't give your son or daughter the new level of stimulation or the new game or the new whatever, then there's uh, a level of upset uh, because then they're they're going through withdrawal. So, you know, yes, <laughs> to your question. Yes, I see that. You know, it's hard at age six um, to help him understand this, but, you know, kind of getting him ahead of that, thinking, uh, helping him in a six-year-old level predict, you know, when that happens and, you know, almost laughing at it a little bit where something that could be really exciting for a few minutes then sort of goes down, you know, can he recognize that at age six? That might be tough, but, you know, as he gets older, he certainly will be able to recognize that and hopefully have some self-awareness. Uh, that will help him learn to regulate it. I noticed all the videos, especially the YouTube kid videos and stuff like that. With um, and they always promoting. All of a sudden, they're promoting all these toys and and oh, you know, the new kid needs this toy or that that new adventure. And it's like it's amazing. Next thing you go, the kid and the, the kid in the video has his own toothpaste, toothbrush, um, towel and stuff. And then my son's like, I want that. I want that. No, yep. no, we got to set boundaries here. <laughs> right. And and what is um. What are some, some tips on setting boundaries in, in the digital world? How parents navigate? Well, that's sort of the core of my, you know, little side, uh, little side hustle that I created <laughs> years ago, iParent101. You can check it out at iParent101.com. And so, yeah, what I'm trying to help parents do, especially parents who didn't grow up in this digital world, if you're north of 35 years old and you have either a young kid or an emerging teenager, which many of us do, you know, it's it's not our world. We didn't grow up with this. So, um, uh, you know, helping uh, navigate this is really what I'm attempting to do here. I say attempting because it's it's not a streamlined uh, one answer thing. I start off uh, very basically having these dialogues with our young kids, uh, even with very young kids, having certain rules in place, uh, maybe even written down. I don't remember how much of this we talked about the last time we spoke. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't want to repeat too much of it because they people can go back and listen to that old um, interview. But uh, starting off with uh, even clip art, basic things of w- when the child can grab the iPad or the phone, uh, where does it go at night, where is it, you know, certain time limits. You could just have clip art of, you know, two or three, maybe five at most basic rules about the phone, mm-hmm. about the tablet. Not, not to have it too controlled because then it becomes a power struggle. But, you know, as early as possible, here are the basic rules for this important part of our lives. It doesn't just take over that there are boundaries, to use your word there, which boundaries lead to regulation. And so, you know, in another 10 years, when your son is learning to get a, his driver's license, there will be lots of rules around that dictated by the state. You have to do this and this, and it's very clearly outlined in order to do this amazing thing called driving a car. And so that's regulated by the state. There aren't any real regulations yet when it comes to the Internet use, especially with kids. More and more are coming as more and more kids are in danger. And, you know, uh, at least it's it's starting to, to come out where these large companies are being fined and they have to, you know, follow the rules that are on the books. So, you know, it's in uh, it's in process. But when it comes to parents, you know, I start off with contracting. Any other parenting decision, clear rules helps. Um, this way they know what to expect. And then you could offer more access as they're following the basic rules over time. 
The child gets older, he can handle more, and then you're offering more within limits. Not, it might not be exactly what he wants, because there's no way to keep up with that. <laughs> and the internet is designed that way, very brilliantly designed to keep us coming back and wanting to seek out more and more information. You add to it an underdeveloped, totally normal, under, underdeveloped human brain at age six, 10, even 18, you know, the prefrontal cortex, that judgment part of your brain mm -hmm. doesn't develop until 25 to 30 years old. And so that's the regulatory system of the brain. That's the breaking system, how we make judgments. And so, you know, our kids are at a disadvantage, totally normal, but at a disadvantage to be able to think through all this and make uh, healthy, healthy, safe choices. I think it's a good idea, conversation like, hey, sit down and watch the video with them, watch, and then look at the content of what they're looking at. Definitely, yes. I encourage, depending on the age of the kid, even to go to a movie. We don't think about that as screen time, but that's screen time also. You know, what movie do we want to watch? And looking at, I, I, here's a plug for commonsensemedia.org, where they have great reviews and encourage, I, I have parents and kids go out to my waiting room with the parent's phone and look up Common Sense Media to see, is this movie that my son wants to watch appropriate or not yet? And, <laughs> and being able to make some of those judgments using what's out there, and I use other parental controls, really to your point, to your question there, Joe, to force the dialogue with your kid. You know, so if you're using Apple products, I won't go into a whole thing here. It's, it is part of my online course and we could talk about it if you want, but I, I encourage setting up family sharing, which is an Apple only. There's other Android and Google has similar things, but most families that I know have Apple. And so when you set up family sharing, which is all built in, you already paid for it. If you have an Apple product, you click off where it says ask to buy feature and then anything your child wants to download, they have to ask permission first, which again, forces the dialogue. Even if it's gonna be a quick yes, at least it's going over the parent's brain and you could read reviews, go to the app store, Common Sense Media again, uh, and have that conversation. So, so a huge yes to your question there. Yes, have that dialogue, have those conversations ongoing. It's not gonna be a one. I wouldn't lecture. I wouldn't have a, I get caught on that a lot. You could ask my kids, um, but I would have a series of quick to the point conversations often forced because they want something from you. And if you don't have those limits in place, then they're often running with what they heard about in the back of the bus or whatever. And, and parents are often in the dark and, and kids are often running in their own little private digital lives early, early, early. And parents often have no idea. And that's a huge shift from other generations um, previously. Kids have their own private lives that parents have very little information about. That, that could be, be kind of scary too a little bit too. One thing I want to um, jump into is iParent, um, your website, and a little bit of what they offer there and some information they offer there. Right. Well, again, that's been a very fun side uh, excursion for me from my full-time private practice where iParent 101 is me. It's, uh, you know, um, I have other people who I, uh, who I work with, but when it comes to iParent 101, I've had people help me set up the website and I've trained certain people to do some of it. But um, what I'm offering there is an online course that I created a couple of years ago and that I've updated with the new family sharing stuff and the new screen time stuff that gets linked in automatically through Apple. And I, uh, and I also speak around the country. Uh, again, it's a parenting course. 
I'm not a tech expert, as I said earlier, but I, as you, if you've been listening uh, for the last 20 minutes or so, what I offer is a pretty practical, I hope, at least I try to make it an approachable way of coming at the technology that we don't really have a choice about. It's, at, uh, it's in our houses. It's uh, completely has taken over most of our lives, both at work and in our families, uh, hopefully with lots of positive upside to it. But I offer ways of having some way, some control over it from a parent's point of view, where we're not just sort of like overwhelmed by it, that we have some sense and we are having these dialogues with our kids and these conversations to teach them how to manage themselves. So it's not just no, 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 because it sounds scary and I don't understand it. That's not going to work. They have all this stuff, whether we like it or not, at school. And, and, uh, and we often are giving them uh, access to lots of different devices within our homes and, and ways of, of, of helping them learn to, to set, set limits on themselves. Ultimately, that's what I'm going for, is to teach our kids to be those future adults and to be able to manage this world. Uh, I, I've worked with, unfortunately, many, many high schoolers that go off to college and then they're back home because... They really can't manage without their parents standing over them, telling them what to do and setting all these limits. And yet they don't do it on their own either. They don't set their own limits. So it's really helping them learn, the teenagers, how to manage themselves so they can go off and be the successful, savvy users they they really are required to be in this world. Well, one thing I'm, I want to wrap, wrapping up, I guess, um, where they connect to find more information about your, your all your stuff? Very simply, uh, www.iparent101.com. You could email me directly at info at iparent101.com. I'm all over the internet, ironically or not. You mentioned gaming before. I have a Facebook group that I designed a couple of years ago for parents of Fortnite mm-hmm. uh, kids, kids who play Fortnite. Um, I was a Good Morning America for that. Fortnite is on a bit of a decline, but the group still, I think, last I checked, is almost 2,000 families from around the world, all struggling universally. Um, with what we just talked about, how to manage it and how to teach our kids to manage it so they can go off and, and take care of themselves. So that's the easiest way to reach me. And uh, again, I thank you so much for doing this podcast and others. I have uh, listened to many of your others and they're always very helpful and to the point. So uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you, Dr. Platter, for being on the podcast. Really do appreciate it. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank Dr. Adam Platter for being a guest on the podcast and coming back. I really do appreciate him and you want to find out more about him over at his website, iParenting101.com. You can find all the links in the show notes over at nosittingonthesideline.com. And also another link that's really important, I think, was commonsensemedia.org. That link will also be in the show notes. If you have any comments or want to continue the conversation, you can find more about this podcast over at the Facebook group. But be in the That'll be in the links for the Facebook group for the nosittingonthesideline.com. Or leave a comment. I'd love to hear what you have to say in your experience because I can I can relate a little bit to what we talked about today because I, I remember watching Saturday morning cartoons. And um, I remember the commercials or the G.I. Joes or maybe or the cereal, like cereal. That's a good one too. Because we didn't have like the stuff the kids have now. But on Saturday morning we have like the, you know, the cereals like Cabin Crunch or Lucky Charms. And, and they had like, oh, those were the best commercial because they made you like really like, oh man, I really want the Lucky Chimes because all the kids are having fun or, or the certain prize and stuff. It's just, 
or it's just the, the media. It's just interesting to watch. I mean, and interesting to, to talk about. You can find more about this episode at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 80. And I'm uh, heading out the door. I really want to say thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Give your kids a hug. 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 <laughs> Give your kids a hug. And tell them how much you love them. Really. It's a blessing. Take care. God bless. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media. Foley 42 Media.